Financial independence, retire early, is a movement that swept traditional finance a few decades ago. It's the original wag me before the crypto folks got involved. Today we unpack fire and help you learn how to get started. Welcome to the show. My name is Vanessa and I'm joined today by Tecmo, who is a member of the fire community. He's been a member for five years and he invests uh, as a fire investor as well as lives his lifestyle that way. Uh, Tecmo, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Vanessa. How are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm doing great. It's uh, great to have you. I know we've been talking on, on Twitter for a while, and this is the first time we've actually had a, a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It was good to, to finally meet you for real. Awesome. So one thing we do love to do is if folks are kind of following along uh, here with the show, just drop a hi in chat. Let us know who's here. If you do have any questions, we'll take those questions as well as, as we go. Um, and if you enjoy shows like this, like, share. It, it helps to get the word out and, and helps to ensure that people get some good information uh, in this world. Uh, so one thing uh, we like to do is get to know you a bit better, uh, Tecmo. Can you share a bit of your journey uh, from a crypto perspective as well as from a fire perspective? Sure. Um... I will say, uh, so I'm a former poker player. Uh, I've seen from my, my sweatshirt here, uh, I worked for a company um, called Deuces Cracked, and I also uh, coached poker um, and had my own like poker coaching business, uh, played poker for 10 years. Um, that's my, like, you know, got me through college job and then after college. Um, then I transitioned, uh, I joined the FBI, um, did investigations there. Um, and then happened to run into uh, now a good friend of mine named David, and he introduced me to this whole fire concept that I had never even heard of. Um, I didn't know what a Roth IRA was. I, I, I barely knew, you know, about savings at all. It was like, you know, my dad <laughs> said, make sure you save 10% of, you know, your check, you know, into uh, your, your retirement account. And that was like the extent, no offense, dad, but that was the extent of what I got in terms of like financial education. And, you know, here comes my friend David and he's like, Hey, do you know about fire? Do you know about, uh, financial independence at all? Do you know about, um, JL Collins and this book, the simple path to wealth? And I was like, I don't, I don't know any of this, you know? Um, but, uh, I, I, just like people talk about the crypto rabbit hole, I fell hard down the, the financial independence, you know, fire rabbit hole and just started consuming everything I could. I started with uh, that book by J.L. Collins called The Simple Path to Wealth. And, you know, it, it, finances in general, or at least, I, I don't know, because it's talking about money is a taboo subject for most people. I feel like that, you know, makes it seem complex and scary um and and you know people you know don't really have a lot of financial education i didn't get any financial education going through like public schools my wife turns out like she ha she still has like a folder where they taught her about taxes and you know investing and what a stock was what a bond is like i didn't get any of that sure and so for me it was all very much i remember um you know, my dad's like, hey, I'm going to set you up with an Edward Jones account um, and you can invest a little bit of money. And then I looked at the fees. I looked at like the stock market went down. I didn't understand things. And I was like, you know what? I can invest in myself and do better than. So I took it all out and I invested in my poker playing and it that worked out, you know, well. But but it was like that, that's because I was ignorant and uneducated about finances. Um, so anyway, 
interrupt me at any point if I'm going too long on this, this question. No, no, th way. this is great because I think your journey is like very similar to a, a lot of folks who, you know, some of them find, find crypto, but still don't have that kind of base financial education, uh, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have this discussion with you. Absolutely. And that's what I see over and over is I feel so lucky that I got this base financial education before I even, you know, got into crypto uh, because, I, I, you know, it's very easy, especially if you're uneducated and, and I don't say uneducated or ignorant in a derogatory way. It's just I was uneducated and, and ignorant for most of my life. Um, and I think most people are. It's just a function of the, the lack of, uh, you know, education in the schooling system and, and other things. But, you know, without that, I would feel like, you know, I would have been even more wrecked in like investing in Luna or putting way more money than I did in, in into Celsius or these other things. Like, you know, I, I was very, very fortunate to not lose my entire life savings like so many in the Celsius community did or call whatever, you know, name the, the scam, uh, you know, uh, BlockFi, FTX, whatever, anything that collapsed in the crypto industry. Um, so many got hurt. And I'm not calling those that got hurt financially uneducated. They, they, like those were literal like criminal enterprises, and you know th there's you shouldn't feel any shame about that. Um, but you know, yeah, I think the I, appropriate emotion is anger. Yeah, yeah, I, I, but I think we all feel shame too. At least I do personally. Um, got, getting wrapped up in it, you feel like, oh, I should have known better. But then you look and you're like, oh, hundreds of thousands of other legitimate intelligent people didn't know better either so maybe it's not my fault maybe yeah. it's the people who ran the the ponzi you know yeah um, and unfortunately that's not something that's unique to crypto right like ponzi was yeah. a term that came along well before satoshi even walked this earth exactly so people people you know we we see it in the crypto world very very heavily just because we're in that sphere but you know bernie madoff madoff is a thing right yeah um, so <laughs> And, and uh, thankfully in prison, still, yeah, hopefully exactly. forever. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, other people are SBF, you know, hope, you know, potentially Alex Mashinsky, other people are, you know, potentially going to prison as well. Uh, but anyway, now, uh, to get back to the main point, you know, I developed, um, I read the book, The Simple Path to Wealth, and then I read like 40 other books in, in, <laughs> on, on the FIRE movement. And... Uh, the Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel, Die with Zero, um, and, and all these other books that really laid the foundation, along with um, my buddy Brad uh, runs a, a podcast called Choose FI, and I just devoured every episode of, of Choose FI. I still listen to that to this day, even though once you hit a certain point in your financial education journey, things are kind of like, okay, I get it now. I've automated things. Um, and you kind of have a, a rough, you know, guide of like how you're going to approach your, your investing life and, and, and how you spend money. Um, but I, I, I learned all of that. You know, I, I started maxing out my, my 401ks, talk, you know, got my wife to do the same. We've got our plan as far as retirement goes. We've got our plan as far as spending now, like the, the, that book, um, Die With Zero is another fantastic book. I don't know if you've read that. But it, it delves into more like, yes, you want to save for the future um, because, you know, compound interest, that's like the magic, right? You know, if you can set up uh, investments 
so that they return a, even just a small percentage, say 8%. That's what the, the stock market, 8 to 10% on average returns. But if you're doing that over and over and over, the, the compounding effect is massive. And our brains don't even really comprehend that. I, I fear too many in the, the, the crypto world see 8% or 10% and they, they laugh at it and they think, oh, that's nothing. I want to, we're, we're looking for 100Xs here, right? We're looking for <laughs> 50Xs. And like, that's not a realistic expectation for most people. Like so many people will come at you and say, oh yeah, all you got to do, look, just listen to me. All you got to do is do your own research, right? Just do your own, <laughs> as, if, as if that's like a thing that's so simple to be done. Just do your own research, buy um, random coin during the bear market, and then sell it during the bull market. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. Just become a multimillionaire, and it's a super easy, like, they say it as if, you know, timing the market is an easy thing to do. But if you read The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel, or if you just understand human psychology, you know, things are pumping right now. Bitcoin is like 52K right now. Everyone is now interested in buying Bitcoin. Well, guess what? We're at like a localized top right now, right? And, you know, a few months back when we're at 20K, people were like, ah, I don't want to buy, you know? And, and, and so it's just to, to expect people to successfully time the market knowing human psychology it just doesn't work um so i'm gonna stop there because i feel like i've been going for too long but no no this is great i mean a couple things i think you're the first uh, former fbi agent i've had on the show um (laughs) i'm a good girl please don't (laughs) report me anywhere (laughs) and also uh use monero so you can protect your privacy um the the (laughs) next thing i wanted to maybe start with because there's a lot of uh, pieces to it but uh, can you tell us what is FIRE and what is that foundation of financial knowledge that, that people should know? And we'll kind of build on it as we go through the show, but like what are the basic basics? Sure. I, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't re- make a quick tangent when you mentioned Monero. If you happen to be a criminal that is watching this, please don't use Monero. Uh, use just Bitcoin. Um, it's much better for us to catch you. All right. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, as far as like the foundation, yeah. So again, I, I go back to that first book, The Simple Path to Wealth. Uh, I didn't understand anything prior to reading that book. Um, and it was very simple. It's very it's written by a guy who tried to time the market, who tried to pick his own stocks. Now, you can you can you can take uh, this metaphor and translate it to crypto very easily, you know, trying to pick your own altcoins, trying to. Uh, get in and out of the market, you know, do your analysis, you know, looking at uh, the different indicators and, and, and trying to really be this like amazing crypto trader. Um, he was someone who did that in the stock market um, for 30 years and realized that just riding the market, just, you know, basically owning an index fund that matched the entire market. And riding that over time, that beats active investors nearly every time. There's, there's not, other than like the, the one-offs, the anecdotes, the, 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 the Warren Buffetts, right? Most active investors are not successful enough in the long term to beat 
what the market returns of an eight to 10% annualized return. And, and it's a situation where, you know, people scoff at say 8%, but if you do that consistently for 20 mm-hmm. years, if your time horizon is long enough, um, there's a rule of 72 where it says, um, depending on the, the rate of return, uh, if you divide that, uh, say, say, say the, say the uh, uh, rate of return is 8% that you're getting in the market, uh, 72 divided by that rate of return of eight gets you nine years. That's how long it takes to double your money. So if you have $100,000 invested in the market and you're getting 8% every year, every nine years that doubles to 200000 mm-hmm. then another nine years, $400,000. Um, it's simple concepts like this that from that book of, of, of The Simple Path to Wealth, from listening to Chose FI, um, the podcast, um, and reading other books, uh, I, I, I moderated a, a Phi book club, um, and we read a book every month. Um, that 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 foundational knowledge of a, what should I invest in? How do you invest? You know, do you invest in retirement accounts? Like we said, the four hundred one k. Now you're if you invest the max in twenty twenty four into your four hundred one k, and I, and I, I forgive me, I don't know if you're. The audience is international, but I'm very specifically talking America here. Yeah, and a lot of international countries will have their own version of <clears throat> tax advanced accounts, you know, superannuations or pensions or whatever it looks like in your jurisdiction. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you, you'll you'll just have to make the the the, the corollary uh, corollary uh, account or whatever. But for the, for America, there's a 401k, you know, and I learned, oh, I can invest twenty four thousand this year in that account, and then that comes off my tax liability, right? For the, uh, and, and I get to save money there. Um, or little things like that, like the Roth IRA, understanding what that is, a health savings account, understanding the, the, the advantages of using something like that. Um, and then also um, a taxable brokerage, you know, your emergency fund, like learning all these concepts really set the, the, the foundation of where is my risk level? Where's my risk tolerance? Now, granted, mm. I am this former poker guy uh, who is was very, very comfortable with, you know, people say gambling. I, I guess it is gambling, but I, I never looked at it as gambling because I won. But, but um, <laughs> that's very applicable to the crypto market as well. right? Yeah, if you win, it's investing. If you lose, it's gambling. Absolutely. Um, but that's where, like, you know, if if you understand poker, you understand there's a skill to it. And I actually am a long-term winner of poker over and over and over. Uh, so there is actual skill there. Now, somebody might come back and say, oh, well, I'm a skillful trader. And maybe that's true. Maybe you are a skillful trader. I'm not a good skillful trader. That's not for me. I am not a day trader. That's just not my forte. Um, I've looked at the research. I've seen that most traders lose money because you get subje- you, you fall victim your brain gets involved. They say that the best investors are dead. The best investors are people who, <laughs> you know, passed away 20 years ago and they just left their investments alone and let compounding do the work for them. Um, when you try to touch your investments like my father did, uh, oh, he got scared. He, he took it out of the market. He wants to go back into the market. To, to time the market right, uh, well, you have to be right twice. You have to know when to get out and to when to get back in. And it's very difficult to do both. Um, so I just don't want to play that game. Um, so I, I built that, that foundation and then I started learning about crypto 
and you know got fell down that rabbit hole but we'll we'll i'll stop there for a second <laughs> want to say hi to a few folks who popped in we've got fox 5420 welcome soda Pofinski, welcome to the show uh and chris welcome happy to have you all uh, listening in if you are here drop a hi drop a question if you're if any of this sounds confusing to you um but it, it seems like uh, you know, when, when we talk about like, what is the foundation, I'm very clearly getting the, the answer of the foundation is knowledge. Like knowledge is the base level of anything. And you need that kind of curiosity uh, to, to continue to grow uh, the, the kind of knowledge that you have. Um, often, uh, you, you know, I've seen, uh, especially in, in the crypto world, folks will look at the traditional investing and say something to the effect of, okay, that's all great, right? I'm getting 10% a year but I'm not making enough money for that to actually make a difference. Unless I get 100x, it's just not going to make a difference. Like, how do you respond to folks like that? So first, I want to say, hey, Soda Popensky, I don't, I don't know you personally, but I love uh, beating you up in Mike Tyson's punch out. Uh, <laughs> but um, as far as the people who feel like they're in a hurry or that 10, 10% isn't enough, um, I would say the GIC, they call them get rich quick schemes. For a reason, um, if 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 anybody could just 50x, then everybody would be doing it. There's a reason why so many people lose money in investments or crypto or, or anything like that is because if your time horizon is too short and you're just trying to get lucky, then you are actually uh, gambling. You know, just straight up gambling. Like you might as well just go to a roulette wheel and say. I, I, you know, sevens have been hot lately, you know, I, because I've been in that like casino world. I understand the gambler's mindset. I never played table games. I don't play those. Uh, I just stick to poker because I have an edge in poker, right? I know my, I have an edge of, of, of my expected value is, is greater. If I play even blackjack, which has pretty somewhat fair odds, you know, the house is expected to win in the long run. Um, so for anybody saying, you know, oh, I want to, you know, 10x, 25x, 50x, 100x. I, I would argue that the more you push the, the, the time horizon shorter or the more you're just in, in, you know, taking your risk off level off the charts. So if you are 20 years old and you're doing crazy risky stuff, not a big deal, right? In general, you know, I mean, I don't know everybody's financial situation, of course, but the younger you are, the more time you have to recover from making those poor decisions. And maybe you get lucky. But you have to understand that what you're doing is gambling and basically scratch-offs, right? Um, so, you know, it, it's a situation where, yes, <laughs> would water outperform fire? No, no, fire would win. Um, <laughs> is water an acronym for something? Um... I don't think so. I think he's just... Uh... <laughs> Okay, I'm like, there's a whole new world here outside of crypto. Yeah. What am I missing? Yeah, there's a, uh, a water movement. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, no, but but I would just say, like, look, it's fine if if that's what you're going for, but just know that your 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 risk level is way higher, and everyone's got to. That starts with education. So people say, oh, I'm I'm too risk averse to invest in crypto, or you know, I I am like my risk tolerance is off the charts, right? I'll do whatever. That all comes from just actually learning about the, mm. the, the risk level of each investment. Um, somebody investing in, you know, like if they just randomly picked the thousandth coin on the list of coin market cap right now, you know, maybe that hundred X's, right? Because it's so low and maybe a bull market is coming and you are just kind of hoping. 
but it's not a sound, I wouldn't call that a sound investment strategy. Yeah, you took about sort of an edge. I often think uh, folks, especially in the Bitcoin community, when they talk about low time preference, like that's an edge that they have over many other folks in the market that they're not going to keep touching it. They're just going to hodl. Um, same for the traditional investments, right? You're just going to hodl and over nine years, you'll double your money at 8%. Yeah. And, and we've seen, you know, so, so we say 8% for the S&P 500, the, the, the American market, um, because we have a track record of a, over 100 yeah. years to look at. We don't have that for even Bitcoin. Um, but you can see in the short term since 2009-ish, you, know, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, that, you know, Bitcoin has done fairly well if you just wait and you're patient, right? Um, so that's, that's where, you know, I, when I was at the FBI, uh, I, you know, started working, I was a cyber agent um, and I started working various cases and uh, crypto got involved and I was able to crack some cases because of crypto. And then I just started learning, you know, and I just wanted to get my hands dirty and just, I, I jumped in and, and just like, well, I got to do this to learn, right? Um, and, you know, started re learning all about Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, even today I was listening to one of my favorite, uh, podcasts is, uh, the, we study billionaires with Preston Pish. Um, they, they had, I forget the guy's name. I apologize. Um, but he just did a great thing on like how impactful Bitcoin is in Africa right now mm. with uh, like mining and turning wasted energy into actual, you know, profit. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not going to go down the, the Bitcoin rabbit hole here, but, um, you know, for me, that foundational, you know, knowledge of finances allowed me to assess my own risk tolerance and say, okay, most of my portfolio is in index funds that track the overall market because I am not a trader, um, and I'm not a stock picker. I'm not, I, I don't think I can beat the market necessarily uh but you know it, part of me is just so fascinated and just loves the technology of bitcoin sees the potential of it and thinks like you know what i i want part of that in my portfolio so i personally yeah. have have a, like i said a, a majority of my portfolio is in these index funds because i just set it automate it forget it and i know that that's gonna you know, on average return a certain amount and I'm not worried about it. And I'm just going to leave it. I look at the same thing with Bitcoin. I see Bitcoin as the least risky crypto option. It's the biggest, most well-known, you know, then you get into like Ethereum and then ever after that, everything is just like way more risky. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me personally, we talk about personal risk tolerance you know, anything outside of like the very top coins are just too risky for me personally. Um, but that's, that's because I have two kids, right? I have a plan for my financial future. It's not, if I was 20, maybe I would look at things differently. Right. Um, but for me, I look at Bitcoin as like, okay, I would like some portion of my portfolio to have this, this great asset that I think could potentially change the world. Um, and, and that gives me a little bit of fun upside potential, but I'm also protected in case it crashes and burns. I'm fine. 
Yeah. So talk a bit more about that. Kind of early in the conversation, you were saying like, yeah, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on a couple of years ago between uh, FTX and Luna and everything, but you you came out okay. Uh, what was the principle you used to, to come out of okay from all of that? Yeah. So for me, it's always just been about managing my own personal risk. Um, as as uh, Obi Wan in the the comments there mentions the the sharp ratios, like that always comes into play in my mind. You know, I'm a very calculated poker player. I'm a very calculated person. So for me, you know, getting involved too much into the altcoins, and I'm not, I'm not saying I didn't. I held Solana and Cardano and, you know, all these things. I, I just dove in and I got into it. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it was great, though, because I had to learn. Everyone has to learn. You know, you, you you never start out just knowing all the things. And I still don't pretend I know all the things. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> I'm just doing my best. And, but for me personally, I, um, I got involved in Celsius in particular because the risk profile seemed to match mine. You know, the, the, yeah. what was touted was over collateralized loans you know, safer than a bank, all the stuff that, that, you know, in the people in the Celsius community heard over and over that allowed me to put, you know, a, a decent chunk of money into Celsius. Um, I, I then ended up because I was very involved and I knew I had this amount of money uh, in the, in the platform. I was very, very involved, always on the AMAs, always on the Tuesday Twitter spaces. I became a Celsius ambassador partially to help people partially to stay as informed as mm. possible because my money was at risk at this platform. Um, and I was able, you know, you started seeing these signs of like, oh, FUD, right? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt um, about Celsius. And it's, it was easy to turn a blind eye if, if, you, if you wanted to. But I, the more I saw it, the more I was like, hmm, Okay, I'm gonna just decrease, decrease, decrease um, my my allocation of Bitcoin in the, the in the Celsius platform. I had it, you know, in in BlockFi at one point as well. Um, but for me, it was just I, I I think mostly I got lucky though. I'm not gonna pretend mm -hmm. that I'm some genius that saw all the risk signs and you know I got out and others didn't. Like I think I just I got lucky. I I, I got scared. Um, and I ended up saying, this is just too much risk. So I'm going to leave a small portion of my overall portfolio on the platform earning. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I ended up getting lucky, essentially, like I said. And, and Yeah, I mean, you, you say lucky, but there's there's a couple like foundational elements below that, right? The fact that you were diversified across uh, different investments inside and outside crypto. Uh, the fact that you realized that there was a lot of your, your portfolio in a particular place. So you watched it perhaps a bit more closer than you would otherwise. Um, and that you were very clear on like, what is your risk tolerance? And if it started to drift outside of your risk tolerance, you took action. Um, and so, yeah. uh, you know, you, you were lucky, but also you were good in, in a sense. Yeah, I, I, I guess I say lucky because I think it's partial luck, but I also don't want in any way to make others feel bad that those people that didn't get out, right? I, I, I don't yeah. want to say like, Oh, I, I am so smart that I got out, some out, some of mine out, and you did. Like, I'm not pretending to be like that at all. But you're right; it was all foundational. It was all part of that, you know, risk profile. I had no, I had set up personally. I said, yes, the majority of my funds are over here, protected in these retirement accounts. Okay, this is my, you know, let's be risky portion, and then even of that, 
some of that, you know, was in Bitcoin. I didn't have, you know, all of the Bitcoin in Celsius. Um, and then I started pulling that off. Like I said, what specifically, honestly, in a weird way saved me was the fact that the rates that they were offering on, on the yield, this fake yield that we were getting, um, uh, dropped uh, until, you know, it was like 6% for a while on like full Bitcoin and stuff like that. Well, they dropped it at one point near the end to 0.1 Bitcoin. Uh, you got X percent or whatever. And so I was, I was on top of it. As soon as they dropped the rates, you know, to, to a threshold of only 0.1, I took everything out of my account, but 0.1. I was matching mm-hmm. what I was getting back in mm-hmm. yield with my risk profile. Um, so, you know, I, that, I was just constantly watching, okay, what's the risk level here and what am I comfortable with? Um, and, and without that, that previous financial knowledge, I, I wouldn't have done that at all. Now, there, there's something in the, I guess, the, the, the FIRE community or the investing community, they talk about the 4% rule or the, the rule of 25. Uh, what is that? How does it apply to investing? So the rule of 25, 4% rule, rule of thumb, uh, comes from a Trinity study where they essentially said, what, um, what investment like portfolio uh, could we have that would last how much could we take out like let's say it's a million dollars say if you'd saved up a million dollars to retire um how much could we take out each year and still survive you know not you know mm-hmm. you, oh if we say five hundred thousand, you take out five hundred thousand of your million dollars a year probably gonna last a little over two years right <laughs> and then you're done and then your retirement's over oh you take out a thousand dollars a year well it's gonna last in perpetuity right um, so where's that magical number that says, okay, how much can we take out um, that it will sustain itself? The principle will sustain itself um, at least 30 years. And they figured out that it was, it was around this 4% number. Now there's, there's opinions and, and it, you know, people fluctuate between 3%, 5%, but it's just a general guideline. So when you start determining like, am I financially independent? Step one is you try to find out what are my current expenses every year. You say, okay, you, you track your spending and you say, oh, I spend, let's just, to, to make it easy, let's say I spend $80,000 a year um, and that's what I need to stop working. Well, then based on the 4% rule, if you, you would need $2 million uh, saved if you invested it a majority of it into index funds and you just track the market. If you do that, um, then you have 2 million invested. The earnings as that, that, that generates while you're taking out $80,000 a year, it will last you. It was like some, some number like 99% of the time it will last you 30 years. So people in the financial independence retire early community uh, took that and they said, okay, so it's just math. That's the greatest <laughs> great part about retiring early is it's just math. All you're doing is saying, what are my expected expenses? How much money do I need to have saved? And then once I hit that number, my phi number, then I can essentially retire. Um, there's a lot of nuance that goes into this. Like, you know, there's different kinds of phi. People call say lean phi if you're trying to uh, really like say my get your expenses really low there's fat fi if you're 
expenses if you just want to spend $200,000 a year, right? Um, or whatever the number would be. <laughs> I've also um, heard a barista fire. What's that? Yeah. So barista fire is essentially um, I can retire because I have this amount saved up. Um, but I'm also, I need something to do every day. So I'm going to go get a job down at Starbucks that has some mm-hmm. level of benefits and some modicum of, of income and having that job plus my savings allows me to be financially independent. There's also coast fi. Um, if you, if you've essentially, if you say, said, Oh, okay. If I were to retire at say 55, you know, I would need this amount of money. Well, if you have that amount of money already saved up, then you're essentially coast fi. You, you don't need to put any more money into your mm-hmm. retirement accounts. Your retirement is set. Mm-hmm. So now you're just working to get to that point. Um, so there's different, different ways to like view financial independence. But for, for me personally, it struck a, a very internal chord, the whole movement, because I, I always just kind of internally fought back against this notion that we should, you know, go to school, get a job, work to set work to we are 70 years old and then attempt to enjoy life for five <laughs> years and then die like that that model never sat right with me so once i discovered phi and i was like oh wait you can control your own expenses you can um you know figure out what number you need to save and then you can just kind of like make work optional jl collins the, the author of simple path to wealth he calls it fu money so basically once you have enough money saved if you don't want to do that job anymore, F you, right? Like it, you can do whatever you want with your time and your money. It's honestly, I, when I learned about the FI stuff, it's what uh, allowed me to leave my job at the government. The government, I just assumed I was going to be there for 30 years. Then I would collect my pension and then I would, I would have my health care. And that's just what most people do. Um, but it wasn't what I wanted out of life. I didn't want to do that. Um, I didn't want to just work until I was 60 or 57 and, and just be, you know, stuck there. It felt, it felt stuck. I, I, you know, Mm. but I didn't know any better until I had learned about Phi. Um, then having that knowledge, having that foundational knowledge allowed me to make the leap to another job in the crypto industry where I do crypto investigations and I work from home now. I'm, I'm having this interview from home and you know, I, I now love my job. I love the, the work-life balance that allows me to see my kids. My, my son comes home from school and I'm able to, um, you know, oh, take 10 minutes, you know, out of my day and we just shoot hoops, right? I love basketball. I coach yeah. basketball. I coach soccer. Um, it, the phi the, the lifestyle, the knowledge has allowed me, my, my life uh, happiness to just go off the charts. And, and I think maybe that's that's a thing people don't fully realize is we, when you say the fire lifestyle, um, sometimes you can you can view it as, well, it's this austere lifestyle where you're washing the paper towels to reuse them. It sounds like that's not always the case. But then some other people will say, well, if you're not working and earning, how are you going to take that trip to Italy and, you know, go see all of Europe? Uh, so what are your thoughts on like the, the spectrum and, and happiness in, in the fire lifestyle? Yeah, so I would say when like fire, I don't even know when like the fire movement like really started or when that came of came about, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I don't know. I wasn't there. But um, when it first started, it was very much the lean fi thing I referenced earlier where you, people. So there's two levers when you're trying to get 
to the point where you are at your phi number, right? You're, the number where you have enough saved that you could theoretically retire. There's two ways you can do that, right? You can lower your expenses. Like, let's say, let's pretend your expenses were zero. Pretend you, you didn't eat and you didn't need anything to exist. Well, then you're phi, right? You're already at your phi number if your expenses are zero. So there's the one lever you can pull is to minimize expenses, to cut, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, your Netflix, you know, subscription to cut various costs. You, you try to minimize those expenses. And at the beginning of the five movement, I think everyone was very heavily focused on, you know, we're, we're going to eat ramen every night. You know, we're going to, you know, just go to the library, right? These are our vacations. <laughs> um, but then the, there's the other lever of increasing income. Um, that comes from investing um, or also, learning new skills, um, getting new jobs, negotiating, um, all the ways you can increase your salary, increase your income um, so that you can save more. And then, you know, it's usually a combination of the two. But nowadays, the five movement has evolved to the point where it's no longer about, oh, eat uh, just peanut butter crackers every day. Like people understand that if you live that way for 10 years just to hit your five number, a, those are not going to be happy years. And then by the time you reach your phi number, you're going to be like, sure. oh, well, wh what are we doing now? Will I sp even spend money? Mm -hmm. um, so again, I, I mentioned that book, Die With Zero. Um, that really shifted my mindset and a lot of other mindsets um, in the phi community of like, hey, um, you know, you may want to enjoy your life while you're healthy enough to do so. Uh, you know, look at look at your life in 10 year chunks. Uh, personally, as a father, I look at my life in terms of, OK, my kid is this age and my other kid is this age. I have X number of years before they are out of the house. Mm -hmm. There's a, um, a website called Wait But Why. He has an article called The Tail End, and it shows like, I don't know, some number of like 95 percent of the time you will ever spend with your kids is over once they go off to college. So, the, you know, the, the maximum time you're going to have with your children is while they are still under your household, um, which which makes sense, obviously. But then when you apply that to the FI thinking and the, the, your your budgeting and the money, you know, talking about a trip to Italy, like, you know, for me, that means I have this number of years to maximize those trips with my family. So I do yeah. both. I, I it's, it's not a situation anymore where you do one or the other, where you save or you spend you budget, right? You say, okay, I want to take a trip to Switzerland. Like, I really want to go to Switzerland. I don't know why. I think, I think I see on Instagram, like these pictures of Switzerland that like are amazing. Yeah, for um, some reason, my husband wants to go to Switzerland as well. <laughs> what yeah, is it about know, Switzerland? There must, be, there must be like some guy in, in Switzerland, like running an IG page, who's just really good at his job and he's like <laughs> pump, pumping in tourism money. Um, but it, either way, like, you know, just say Switzerland as an example, like I'm going to take them once they're old enough to Switzerland. We're going to ski there or, or we're going to do something there. Right. Um, I don't, I don't look at Phi as a way to, you know, pinch pennies and not enjoy life. Uh, I want, you know, I look at it as I'm, I'm old enough now where I'm starting to have like a little bit of a back pain. Right. Like I can see that the things that I want to do in life, you know, are going to not be available in certain decades of my life. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely yeah. maximizing um, the enjoyment of my life, even while saving for, for my phi number. 
we got a comment from uh, South Texas Crypto. Hey, glad to have you on the show. Who's saying FU Money is the goal? Goal is to be there in five years. Uh, what is FU Money? There was a big debate on, I guess, the Fire uh, X community about is FU Money your emergency savings? Is it something else? Like, talk us through that. Yeah, I, and I kind of mimic. I'm kind of like a jail Collins acolyte, but uh, he he mentioned that in that book, The Simple Path to Wealth, he calls FU Money like the the money that you have saved that allows you the freedom to make your own choices, to to say F you to a bad job, a bad boss, a bad situation, or even, you know, I say bad, but, you know, like it's a situation where you don't, you aren't happy. Um, My, uh, like I said, at at my career at the FBI, I had good times, um, but I wasn't able to, do all the things I wanted to do as a father. Um, so having that knowledge of how to save well and invest well, I didn't have the FU money yet, but I had the confidence that I could obtain mm-hmm. the FU money. So that gave me the confidence to then say, you know what, I, I appreciate it, but I'm going to go try this new thing over here. Um, so to me, the FU money is just freedom. It's just freedom to use your time how you see fit. And if you have, if you've hit your FI number, that number that is, it, like we said, the 4% rule, they call it the 25X rule because basically you take your expenses, say $40,000 a year, you times it by 25, you get a million dollars. So if you have a million dollars in, in, in savings and you know that you can pull from that and not have to work, or you know, if you have some of that, like even if you had 700,000 saved up of, of your million, you're almost there, right? You know, you just need a little bit more. You know, you have enough money that you can just mm-hmm. quote unquote say F you to, to situations that aren't making you happy. I, I think that optionality is is just like, like a psychological uh, benefit that you don't really fully understand in, until you're there. Uh, so I think it's a, definitely a tremendous goal. Um, talk a little bit about the sequence of returns risk, um, which I know is something in the, you know, the FIRE community that folks talk about as far as like, when do you actually call it a day and say you retired. So yes, for those who don't know, secret sequence of returns risk is essentially, if we want to just break it down into simple terms, um, say you had that million dollars saved and you're like, yep, I, I'm going to pull out $40,000 every year to cover my expenses and I'm good to go. Well, that, that million is invested. It's, it's, it's invested because it needs to grow to maintain you constantly taking money out of it, right? Um, otherwise, then you would just be taking out 25, you would take it out 25 times and then it's gone. But it's also, without getting into the nuance, it's also cost or inflation adjusted. Like you can take out 42,000 the next year, 45,000 the third year. Um, so you, but you need it invested to grow. So because that money is invested, the sequence of returns risk, the risk essentially is that what happens and crypto people will be very familiar with this, but but in like in in the in the in the, like the market, the S and P five hundred, say, you know, the risk is that what if in your first five years the market just tanks and then tanks and then tanks, and now let's just say it drops fifty percent, you know, in your first three years, your million has gone down to five hundred thousand, and now if you if you know you you may not be able to take out forty thousand every year. Um, and sustain that. Now, that Trinity study, it 
it did a whole thing. You know, it's it said four percent. This will be successful. Again, forgive me for not knowing the exact number, but something like 98, 99 percent of the time. So in most of the time, that's not going to affect you. Um, but, you know, if you were to take out a higher percent, five percent, six percent, you know, that now you start increasing your risk. Um, and this is where um, there's there's another book and I'm completely blanking on it. I wish I there's a great like sort of sequel to the simple path to wealth. Um I can't think of it. But anyway, they talk about the, the value and, and other people in the FI community. They talk about the value of having an emergency fund or cash uh, reserves of, say, one year or two years. So let's use that $40,000 yeah. example. Let's pretend your expenses were $40,000. Um, if you had, say, 80000 saved up in you know in today's uh, market, if you have an ally account, a wealth front account, or any of these um, high yield savings accounts, I'm pulling 5%. You know, I'm pulling what I got at Celsius in my wealth front account and that's FDIC insured. Um, so, uh, right now, if you had say 80,000 in your high yield savings account, um, you would have two years of expenses as sort of a buffer. And then that that, that mitigates the sequence of returns risk of you, you retire tomorrow World War Three kicks off <laughs> and the stock market plummets 50 percent and you're like, oh, crap. Well, now you don't have to sell those shares at 50 percent drop value. Instead, you pull from your reserves and say, OK, I'm going to use the reserves until the market recovers. And now I'm mitigated the sequence of returns risk. I think one thing that's been a little surprising just recently is how strong inflation has been. Um, does that invalidate the whole fire movement? You know, I think historically it's been two and a half percent ish inflation and, and we had almost 10 percent the last year. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, what's the real inflation number, right? I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're if you're in the Bitcoin world, you understand, you know, if you just print 40,000 more dollars, I mean, 40 percent more dollars, um, you know, that's going to cause inflation. You know, you start worrying about the history of fiat currency and, you know, what happened to the Romans when they, you know, essentially <laughs> inflated their currency. Right. Um, and, and you, you start thinking about all those things. Now I wouldn't say it at all invalidates the fire movement. Uh, m maybe this is anti crypto Twitter, but I don't see the fall of the dollar coming in any, you know, near future. Um, but I will say that when you print 40% more uh, dollars, you see what happens. The, the stock market explodes, you know, things, you know, when you pump more money in, things explode in terms of uh, if you have invested assets. Uh, but what else explodes? Prices and all the other things. So it really, really hurts. The, what it really does is it targets the, the lower and middle class. If you don't have as much invested, you know, the people who have, billions and millions in investments, well, when those skyrocket, they're fine. And then they can adjust and they can adjust to new prices. If you didn't have, if you don't own a home yet, you know, and now rates have gone up, prices have gone up, prices of everything else, you know, and you're trying to feed your family and you don't have investable assets that have risen, now you're just screwed. Um, but I, I would say, I don't, I don't think it really invalidates the five movement at all because the stock market if anything, is just going to increase. So if you're in properly invested, whether it's stock market, maybe some Bitcoin or whatever, you know, 
having investable assets when inflation happens, then you rise with it to a degree. Um, and so for me, I don't see it as like, you know, anti-fi or anything. Uh, it's, it mm-hmm. does worry me as a person <laughs> uh, that, that we're doing this, that it doesn't seem sustainable or a good idea, but it's also why I am, believe in Bitcoin um, and, and I'm hopeful for that. Yeah, so the, the rising tide of inflation will lift those who have assets as well. And that's very complementary with uh, with the idea of, you know, having assets to be able to retire. Exactly. Um, the So there's probably a lot of crypto folks who are watching this. Uh, what would you say are, is the one or two things that crypto folks get wrong about financial freedom that maybe you could help correct the course for folks today? Yeah, I mean, my my first thought is what we I kind of already talked about is, is having too short of a time expectancy of of being rich, <laughs> like you know, we we everyone jokes, hopefully jokes about win Lambo, right? Uh, but there's probably a few people who are like really like, come on, like win Lambo, uh, and and so the I'd say adjusting your expectations for returns, uh, it would be one of the most important things. Um, and the riskier you go with it, just realizing, um, okay, here we go. Here's a poker concept. Uh, a poker concept, two things, bankroll management and risk of ruin. They apply very directly to investing as well. So in poker, money is your tool. Money is not you know, money until you like are done playing, right? But money is the tool. So if I have, let's say my bankroll is $10,000, if I were to go sit in a game uh, where the buy-in was $10,000, then all, all of my money is now at risk. And so is my career as a poker player. My risk of ruin is very high. Um, so if one bad hand, you know, if aces loses to kings and, I, and I'm done, then, then I can no longer play. I'm no longer a poker player. I'm no longer able to generate profits. So the, 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 um, the similar aspect in investing would be is if you say, I've got this much bankroll. I've got $10,000 in my investing portfolio. I'm going to put it all in baby sheep, right? And, <laughs> and if baby sheep works out, great. But I'm ruined if it doesn't. Um, so, so for me, it would be look at, your, you know, look at your overall plan. What is your plan? Like when do you need this money? Is, is kind of the first question I would ask. Are you, this invested money, when do you need it? Is it within the next few years? Okay, you probably shouldn't be investing it in crypto, just to be honest, um, because it's so volatile that if you need that money in the next year and a half, I would not be putting it in crypto. Um, so your time of when you need that money is very important. And then how much you know, risk are you willing to take? What is, how old are you? Do you have kids? What is who's depending on you for for you having money in the future? That all plays into how much risk you should be willing to take. But as far as like takeaways, I would urge you know people to to look and and just get, build that financial foundation that I talked about that I built uh, at the beginning. Just give you that 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 base that you can work from, and then adjust your risk as you go. You know, there are people that I know that are 100% crypto or 100% Bitcoin. And if it works out, I hope it does for them. Great. If it doesn't, though, what's your plan? I mean, that's all great. But, uh, you know, actually, when Lambo? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and honestly, like, you know, I, I personally have always wanted, I don't know why as a kid, but a 1998 Lamborghini Diablo was like, as a kid, like the cool thing. And so like in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm going to get one one day. But then you become an adult and you're like, oh, how much is insurance? How much is gas? How much is all this? And then you're like, oh, never mind, never mind. <laughs> I remember I had a, a manager at my first job out of college and he was trying to convince me to buy this like secondhand Ferrari. Um, he was really big into Ferraris. It didn't have cup holders. <laughs> yeah. And that's <laughs> like, the thing. So my, my dad is big into like, he, he, he had a lot of like 66 Vet Stingray or 67 or 57 Chevy, like those old classic cars. And some of them are beautiful, right? But then you're like, I remember learning to drive on, and, and my dad was like, here, try the Corvette in the, in the parking lot. No power steering, no, like no uh, uh, amenities. And, and you're like, wait, I would just much rather have like a 2024 Honda Civic that has <laughs> air conditioning than, you know. What I mean? <laughs> so so um, where do you recommend, like if there's, where do people start? Like what's the one thing someone can do after this conversation to kind of get started on fire? So for, for me, I would say just start where I started. Uh, that I, and, and, you know, that simple path to wealth book is what started it for me. Um, and I'm happy, you know, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, Tecmo SB or Tecmo Super Bowl. Um, you know, feel free to reach out if you have questions. Um, I've, I've lent that book to others. I didn't even buy it initially. I was, I was so like cheap and I've always been frugal minded, right? But I was so cheap that I just went to the library to get the Simple Path to Wealth book. So I was kind of already, you know, frugal. Uh, I just needed the, the education to understand yeah. investing. Um, and, and so that, that's where I would start, Simple Path to Wealth. That Choose FI um, podcast has a lot of great free resources. Um, sh sh you know, shoot me uh, 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 tw uh, or at me on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, Win Civic. That's right. Um, <laughs> We've converted the, South Texas crypto already. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the uh, the risk adjusted tolerance level. You know, financially educated question in the Fi community is Win Civic. Um, so, um, but yeah, that's I, I would start there. That book, that podcast. Um, you know, just just I'm trying to think of anything else. That's that's probably where I'd start though. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I know, uh, you know, we're, we've got a hard stop in a couple minutes at Tecmo. Thank you so much for taking the time for sharing some of your knowledge that you've gained through your, through your journey. Uh, is there anything that we, we really need to talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about through all of this? Um, I don't think so. I, I would just, you know, and, and uh, South Texas crypto, I, I know him um, and, and others. I've been beating this drum for two years in the crypto community um, to just, you know, be smart with your risk level, you know, don't, you know, over leverage yourself. Don't use leverage when, when investing in crypto, it's volatile enough. Um, just understand your, your own situation, um, and, and, you know, de-risk when, when you have to, um, don't try to time the market, uh, you know, just, you know, pick a solid, you know, what you believe is a solid asset, invest. Be patient um, and, and, and just let time do the work for you. The more that you go in and out, the more that you buy and sell, uh, the worse off most people are. Awesome. Thank you. And to everyone who followed along for all your questions, uh, thank you so much for, for being here, for being part of the show, for uh, continuing the dialogue.
Um, and, uh, you know, at, at Just Crypto, we love to bring you um, all sorts of uh, different opportunities uh, to learn, not just about crypto, but also about finances in general. Uh, so if you like content like this, please, you know, hit the like button, uh, subscribe if you're not already. I know my mom is watching this. I'm sure she'll get a, a kick out of this episode. Love you, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Love you. <laughs> uh, and with that, we're going to uh, call it a day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everyone. Cheers.